more and more properties. Like, let's work together. And I expect you that when I find a property, you know, we can, you can get in there really quick and make it happen. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Right Club Nation, welcome back to this week's episode of the Right Club Podcast. I'm Sarah Larby and I'm here with Alfonso Salemi, my wonderful co-host. Hey buddy, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Sarah. How are you? Good, good. So I am uh, staring at uh, Lake View. Uh, I'm at my cottage right now. I'm staring at the lake. So it's pretty nice doing this podcast at the same time. It's a little cold by the time this airs. Hopefully it'll be warmer. But right now I have a nice view. What about you? What are you doing? Uh, yeah, lucky you. Absolutely. I'm at home. I'm uh, self-isolating right now at home uh, in the home, just being here safe. And uh, I know I've, I've been up to your cottage a bunch and uh, you got a great spot up there. Probably one of the safer places to be, less less people, less traffic and, and definitely being safer up there. So that's really good. But um, yeah, I'm just at home. We were just talking about a little bit, you know, just reading, taking this time to work on a few things that I've always been pushing aside because, you know, we're so busy on the day-to-day stuff with Right Club and in our own businesses. But yeah, really taking it the chance to kind of reflect a little bit too, self-isolate, but self-reflect during this time as well too. And then and try to grow and get, you know, get some more information, more knowledge in, in the, in the, the brain tank, right? To, uh, while we're doing that stuff and, and really trying to, you know, it's hard to predict. We, we were saying, we don't know, you know, how long this coronavirus, how long the impacts that's all yet to be yet to be seen. And, and that will come trickle out, but we can't always be focusing on this. So that's why I'm really happy that we're continuing on. We're doing more live stuff on, on Facebook and we, we've moved our three year anniversary, you know, to the online event as well too. And we, we got to get through it. There's always stuff that's going to happen, whether it's, coronaviruses that are affecting the universe, affecting the whole world, or, you know, little things within our own businesses, that little glitches and, and, uh, and obstacles that come. So I think, you know, that resolve, that fortitude that we all build, we're all getting stronger in this. And, and luckily, technology has made it a little easier, right? We can have video chats and phone calls and still progress. I don't want to say as normal because this is anything but, but still getting things done and accomplishing and getting that sense of, of fulfillment in there. So... Yeah, you know, by the time that this airs, it might still be over or it might not. This is going to be quite interesting. So right now we are March 22nd recording this. And if this airs in May, I don't know yet. I don't know if we're going to move it forward or not. But, you know, it's going to be quite interesting to see. I think it's really the first week. And I think there's going to be more panic that sets. If if people have to stay indoors, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be some good and some bad. And like, yes, I, I know that you're like looking at it as a positive light. But like there is going to be some things that will come out of it that are going to be good, but there's going to be some real, like real shocking things that are not going to be good. And we just have to be ready for both. I think it's important regardless. And I, I don't mean to be like the glass half empty because I'm not, I'm always very positive, but I am also very realistic. And this is going to hurt the economy. We saw on Friday, half a million people applied for EI, lost their jobs. If this goes on very much longer, there's going to be even more. And, uh, and this is Canada only. So this is global. And guys, I'm not here to scare you, but I'm just saying, like, learn the facts, protect yourself, have buffers. Real estate is going to be, I think, a great opportunity once this starts resolving a little bit or if this gets worse um, to be able to buy some discounted opportunities. And, you know, one of the things I'm going to start doing, Alfonso, I'm going to ask for the last three months for any new tenants of their checking accounts. 
And I want to make sure that they have a balance because if they're just, if I've got a new tenant and they're paying me first and last and they've got nothing else and this economy is the way that it is, I don't know if they're going to be able to qualify for my new guidelines that I'm putting together in my screening process. And then the other thing I'm going to ask them to do is show me their April statements. And if they decided that they did not pay their rents in April, they're not moving into my property. So there's a few things that I have to do to protect myself that you guys are going to probably have other things to protect yourselves. Because I'll tell you right now, we have to like, stick together as investors, as landlords. And I don't mean to scare you guys, but we have to have our best interests because I don't think personally the government is. And I'm sorry to go off of that boat, but I talked to Kayla Andrade from Ontario Landlords Watch and like, they don't really have our best interest in my opinion. No, it's true. Think about the last time that we were all together in the right club room and think about all the individual real estate investors that, you know, for yourself, you have, you know, over 10, 10 rentals for our, our JAG properties. We have over a hundred in current activity, plus just normal rentals properties that we have, plus all the other people that there were in the room. Think about that. I don't know, like conservative number, maybe a thousand rental units, probably even more in that room. But think about that. If 10%, 20%, 50% just don't pay their rent what happens, right? Like it's, it's not only affecting real estate and our investments, but we're obviously focused on that. What happens? And I love those new procedures that you're putting in place. And that's, what's going to have to happen. Listen, the government of Canada is doing that. So we would be really ill-advised not to put new policies and procedures in our own businesses. Cause when things are going great and things are awesome and well, you know, cash flows flowing in and properties and buying and you know, the banks are open for business and handing out money and lowering interest rates. Yeah. Things are great. But what about when things don't are not so great or don't go according to plan? That's when we get better. That's when we get stronger. That's when we're forced to adapt. It's like that old saying, adapt or die, right? So we must adapt. We must learn. We got to gain everything that we can. And that's, you know, you're having great conversations with your podcast, Sarah. We're interviewing amazing people on this podcast. Guys, go back and look at the year and listen to the other podcast from other people out there, right? It, we, we all always love telling the stories of how great things are and rents and cash flow and all that kind of stuff. But what do you do when, you know, the shit hits the fan? And guys, it's getting closer to the fan um, as, as we're talking today. And, and hopefully, by the time this airs and this comes out, you know, there's been things resolved and, and more clarity. That's the scary part right now. There's so much unknown. We don't know how long it's going to be. We don't know how it's going to affect landlords. We don't know what mortgages, banks, governments are going to do. Um, but what are we doing to prepare ourselves? So on that note, like today's interview with Matt Pichet, I wrote down and I circled and I underlined. He said, focus and specialize. So if you had, think about it, if you had nine different strategies that you were doing in like 15 different cities and having, you know, nine different teams that you're working with, like, holy crap, that's, that's a mess. Now, if you're seasoned and you've done this for a while, you have those systems in place that works. But if you're just getting off, you know, if you're just getting started or, you know, kind of in the first couple of years of your real estate business, that could be overwhelming because you're like, okay, now I need a system for there. Now I need a system for there. Um, it gives us that chance to really go back and see what are we specializing in? What are we focused on? What are we doing? And, and Matt's a great example of, you know, doing that first strategy, like he said, it's Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge. I know Sarah, you're in Brantford. You've expanded out to a couple, uh, to Peterborough, I believe as well too, because you're out there with your cottage and have yours, your teams out there. But that's, that's the key thing is that if you're really the best or trying to be striving to be the best at what you do, this is actually going to be maybe better for you because you're going to know all the things and learn uh, for that strategy that you're, you're involved with. 
Yeah, absolutely. Pick a strategy, pick a market, learn it like the back of your hand, do it over and over. And then, you know, if you want to switch it up, you can switch it up with that, with adding another separate strategy, but only after you've really mastered the first one. Truly believe believe that. Matt's a great mentor as well. Um, he's a realtor in the KWC area and, uh, and he, he comes out to the right club when we're uh, let you know, allowed out of our houses again and <laughs> we have events again that are not on Zoom or on webinar. Come on out. He's, uh, he's there often as well. And, you know, depending on when this airs, guys, um, we, uh, we are very close to launching the online Right Club and it might be a good time to really start connecting with each other as we're all isolating in our houses. So, you know what, Alfonso, I think we're going to need to move this, this podcast a little bit earlier because there's going to be some really interesting developments that come out. Um, and we just want to keep you guys updated on the latest, like what is the government doing? What do we need to do as landlords? What do we need to do as investors? Like what's our next action? And this is a good time for us to get together and really be stronger together because I can't do this by myself. Alfonso can't do this by himself, but if we build a community and really are focused on the same goal, this is where we can get the government, we can get our MPPs, we can get, you know, the people out there that are very, you know, they're, right now they're listening to the tenants and the tenants have a big voice and they have lots of funding that they get as well to create that. Like we, this is our time, we got to get together on that. But on that note, guys, good things still happen. And, uh, and Matt Pichet is a great example of somebody that's still making it, doing it, being successful at it. And there is still lots of success to still be had, lots of opportunity to still be had in real estate, but just learn the facts and, uh, and let's be realistic about it and, uh, and keep taking action though, because there's opportunity in the downturn. There's an opportunity in the upward turn. There's going to be lots of opportunity for everybody. So this is your chance potentially not to compete with 20 other offers on a deal. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, Matt said it again, and listen for that in the podcast is you're making that money when you're buying the property. So now, you know what, people might be scared or might be selling, you know, the common person that, you know, doesn't know and is scared and like you hear that and people get hurt in these types of markets, but there is also opportunity. We, we got to be balanced the two and, and be prepared for that. So, you know, talking to Matt, he's, he's an awesome, awesome guy. Great wealth of knowledge. We really hope you enjoy the podcast today. Uh, we want to hear from you. What are you guys doing? Landlords, real estate investors, what are you guys doing in your businesses that, you know, are maybe to kind of help ease this transition in this, you know, unprecedented time that we're in. What are you guys doing? Share that. We want to hear from you. Rate review our podcast. We want to hear your, your voices. We want to talk to more about, to more of you about how we can get all this. Like Sarah said, we can't do this on our own. We have built an amazing community of people. And again, it always goes back to what we always say that your network is your net worth. And just think about the worth of picking up a phone, uh, listening to a podcast and talking to somebody that's going through their own experience where you can take, you know, just one thing that maybe it applies it to your business and it changes things and it helps things and it progresses things forward or the opposite saying, Oh, that didn't work for that particular person. So I'm not going to try it. Why am I going to waste my time, money, effort? on those types of things. So yeah, for now, let's get to the podcast and uh, be safe out there, guys, and uh, enjoy the show today. Welcome to the podcast, The Fruitful Investor, yeah. Matt Pichet. How are you today, Matt? Good, man. Thanks for having me on here. Oh, we're, we're super excited. And uh, and Sarah and I, uh, you know, we've been doing this podcast a long time, and I don't know why it's taken so long for you to be <laughs> on, but uh, we're, we're super happy uh, that you're able to join us today. No problem. Thanks. 
Awesome. So first and foremost, tell us a little bit about what you do, your real estate strategy, and how you got started in real estate to begin with. Yeah, so I'll start from the beginning, I guess. So I started off as a carpenter right after high school. I did my apprenticeship doing that. And then right at the end of my apprenticeship, when I got my ticket or pass, I started my own business immediately, renovating properties strictly for investors. And I also bought my first property at the same time. So I was 22 years old. I just quit my job. I had no clients. So I literally took a leap of faith and jumped right into it. So I did that for a couple of years. And then uh, I had two properties within the first year of me being an investor. And I was tapped out. I had no money, no credit, can't call out for a mortgage anymore. I was self-employed. So we know how that works with the banks. So I did the carpentry thing for a couple of years. And then the more and more I started helping uh, other investors renovate their properties, they all said the same thing. Matt, I wish you were a realtor here in Kitchener-Waterloo. You know exactly how to renovate. You know what cash flow means. You know how to find properties, et cetera. All my realtors know nothing about real estate investing. I wish you were a realtor. So I kind of put two and two together and thought, well, I can't do this carpentry thing forever. You know, I don't want to be breaking my back until I'm 50. So I thought, well, I might as well go into this realtor thing because I love real estate. I'm obsessed. So I might as well do this because I'll have a ton of clients and I can service them. So one thing to another, I became a realtor super quick. I finished all my courses in four months. I just jammed right through it, got my license, became a realtor focusing solely with real estate investors here in Kitchener-Waterloo and the rest became history. <laughs> started buying more properties, uh, started building my brand on social media, started attracting partners, buying a ton of properties. And now we're transitioning in our portfolio now to do more flips and kind of go away from the buying holds as much. I'm still buying them with partners, just bought one last week, but I'm trying to slow down on those and focus more on flips for the active income part of my portfolio now that we have the passive income there and all the uh, equity and net worth over there, right? So I'm trying to blend the two now. That's kind of where I'm up to now. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And you know what, uh, for, for those of you that don't follow Matt on social media, make sure you get to, uh, to follow him. We'll share the links and the handles and all that kind of stuff in, in our show notes and stuff. And you know, sometimes, I'll be sitting there and I'll be watching a couple of your videos and Matt, you make it look so simple and so easy. And you're like, yeah, we're going to rip that out. We're going to take this yeah. in. We're going to take that. And I know for myself, not having a lot of construction background now, knowing that you had, you know, a uh, carpentry background yeah. and construction background, probably made it a little bit easier, but I know Sarah, who also does renovations, you know, doesn't have too much construction background, but it's more about the managing the teams, for the sure. people that you work with. And the part that you became an, you were an investor first before you decided to become a realtor Usually a lot of people that we see in the industry is the opposite way that they get their, their license, you know, because they want to become a real estate investor and they think they're going to find deals. So for those people out there that have been maybe considering the idea of getting their real estate license and you're really, I look at you as, you know, essentially an investor with a license, right? Versus a realtor that invests. So maybe what, what are the pros and cons of having your real estate license while, while you're doing what you're doing? Yeah. So the biggest pro is just, I get to see what's going on in the market. I get, I get the backend data of what's going on. I can see what property sold for. I get access to comps, all that kind of good stuff, which is great. Cause it really was able to educate me a lot and become like a master of my market. Uh, cause I know like what things are going to sell for without even having to look at comps because I'm in it all day, every day servicing clients and then servicing myself for it. So that's the pro. I guess the con is, uh, very little cons actually. <laughs> a lot of people say you should become an investor if you're going to be a realtor, et cetera, because you have to tell sellers that you're an or that you're a realtor, et cetera. And I haven't really had a problem with that, even though people say you will. So for example, I buy a lot of off-market deals and I, I have to tell the seller that I'm a realtor. Nobody ever cares, honestly. Nobody ever cares. Only people that care are other realtors seeing what I'm doing, saying, you can't do that. So that's really the only con is dealing with that kind of stuff. But I guess the other con of being a realtor is that's very, very expensive. So I guess that's the biggest one. 
A lot of people think being a realtor is easy, it's no problem, it costs a lot of money just to hold your license in whatever city you're in, whatever brokerage you're with, it's super expensive. Probably anywhere, for, on average, about $500 to $1,000 a month just to be a realtor. So if you're not obsessed with being a realtor and actually doing business, you're gonna go under pretty quick because that adds up really fast. And if you're not selling, you're still paying those regardless. So it's a very cutthroat kind of industry in that sense. I kind of always like make fun of that, of being a realtor because I find that whole business model insane. But anyway, I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> That's the reality of being a realtor. It's very expensive. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that we don't realize behind the scenes, all the driving around, all yeah. of the marketing costs. Like it's, it's much more than a desk fee. And if you don't sell enough properties, you're probably losing money every single month. And I, I don't remember what the stats were, but the majority of realtors make like an insane amount of, of less money than you would ever think. Like, oh, I, I don't know if it was like 30 or 40,000 bucks or like, I don't know what the stats are. Maybe you can enlighten yeah. us on that. But just like very small percentage actually make over six figures. The rest. Yeah, and that's another thing I forgot to mention too is the marketing cost. So it's 500 to 1,000 bucks just to be a realtor. But that's not a clean marketing and gas, as you said. So if you're spending 1,000 bucks on marketing, Every single month, and then, oh my God, now you're two, three thousand a month. And if you're not selling, you're still paying those things. And if you're doing the normal way of marketing of the flyers and the bus, you know, the ads on the back of the buses, oh my God, you're just spending fifty to a hundred thousand a year. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those garbage cans. I never got that. Why? You know what? And not a knockout there. You got to do all different types of things. But I never understood the marketing of putting your name beside a, on a garbage can. Right. Like, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't really line up, but that's why I love. And, that, and that's, that's the cool part is that we do work with so many realtors in, in our industry and business. And like you said, you have to be passionate about it. They want to help their clients for yourself. Now you built a team of, of realtors that are helping for your clients that are going out there, but you're really investor focused. So yeah. for those, for those investors out there or, you know, want to be investors, what is something that they should go and look for when they are working with somebody like yourself that is real estate, real estate investor focused? Cause a lot of people say they are, just because it sounds really good, but yeah. what is what are some of the things or tips that you should that you should look for for a realtor that's real estate investor focused? Yeah, so number one, they have to invest in real estate themselves, obviously. So the biggest thing I say is you really want to work with a rock star realtor, someone who knows exactly what to do. So I always say if you're going to work with a realtor, they should have at least ten rental properties. Now that's kind of like a number I just kind of throw out there, but the reason why you want someone who has that many properties or more is because they're disgustingly obsessed about real estate. They have a team in place, obviously, to get to that point. They know how to renovate. They know how to attract quality tenants, etc. They're obsessed. And that's what you want in your realtor when you're looking to invest because we're in this business to make money and not lose money. And a lot of investors just use Joe Blow Realtor or my uncle knows some guy, I'll use him. Can't use that person. Absolutely not. You have to use an expert, especially in this business because you can lose a lot of money, but more importantly, you can make a lot of money if you're working with the right people. Absolutely. There's no I in team, right? So I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for my team. And, and a big part of that is investor realtors. And especially as we're going into new areas to be able to utilize their team. That's huge. I do want to take a moment though and go back to the investor part of what you're doing. Now, before this podcast, we were, we were talking about how you're going from the birth strategy and you're doing more flips. Why is that? So I kind of built up my whole portfolio with the buy and holds. Those are fantastic, but I have too many. And that sounds kind of, <laughs> kind of weird to say, but I don't want to get too much more. We're up to like 35 properties, give or take. We're selling a few off now. So I don't really want to go too much over that because it's just too much 
to handle. I'm having to hire people to take care of that. And it's kind of not worth it because we're just kind of growing at the same time, right? So I want to work on the active income side of my business. So I have my equity. My net worth is really pretty good over here. Now it's time to get the active income to blend the two together. So we're doing the flips. We're doing all the off marketing to find great deals from private sellers. And we're getting the active income with the passive income. And that's kind of the way I'm doing it or approaching it right now. <laughs> so let's walk through, you know, let's say a, a typical flip. You know, I'm not working with you or I just started and I should yeah. be working with you if I just started. But, <laughs> I, but if I'm, you know, if I'm getting into it and I want to go do a flip, what are some basic principles to go out and look for as you're, you know, you're marketing, you're looking, you're making deals, yeah. looking at what the exit on, on that side of it, you know, someone like me that does rent to own, I know what my future sale price is on a flip. Oh my God, the market, I'm going to have to decide what, how do I know? Where do yeah. I start? Yeah, so number one, first and foremost, if we're flipping in 2020, especially right now, you have to be off market. We can't be flipping deals off the MLS. I mean, maybe you'll find one, need on the haystack. I wouldn't even put my attention over there. It's just not gonna happen. Go to the off market, go direct to seller to get those better deals. So that's number one, it has to be off market. Number two, you have to know your numbers and the formulas on how you buy your properties, because it's all about the buy. If you buy at the right price, then you won't lose money. So I can sleep at night because I'm kind of a coward when it comes to risk. I don't like risking my money. And so if I'm buying the right price, I know that it's almost impossible that I'm gonna lose. I mean, worst case scenario, I'm gonna sell this property at kind of the break even point and we'll move on with life. It's all about that purchase. So the kind of formula that I use is I use the after repair value. So let's say it's 650,000, let's say. I know it'd be worth that when I'm done it, when I'm done doing my kind of fruitful renovation style. So I take that price and I times it by 85%. That kind of just is just a general rule to make our profit in. Ideally, we're trying to make like five to seven percent profit at the end. So R times 0.85 minus the renovations of whatever it's going to cost you to fix that property. That's the purchase price. It's as simple as that. So it's a quick way for me to walk through a property because I've done so many of these because I have my carpenter background. I can walk through a property within five to ten minutes. I know exactly how much it's going to cost, how much, how long it's going to take, etc. So I know it's going to cost me sixty thousand dollars to renovate this property. I can quickly do that formula on my notepad, Mr. Seller. Here's my offer. Simple as that. Yeah, so in, I'm guessing in, in the reno costs, you've also got your holding costs in there built in as well, which is really exactly. important. And sometimes on HGTV, you don't see that kind of stuff, but it's real life. There's holding yes. costs. 100%. <laughs> awesome. So, okay, so give me an example of like the last purchase that you did off market. You know, yeah. how did you find the seller and uh, how did you negotiate it and what does it look like number wise? Yeah, so the last uh, couple of flips I found, one was a Facebook ad. Bought that property for $295. We put in $60,000 to renovate, and we sold that for, what did we sell for? $470. And we did it in 30 days. So because I have a team that, one other point, I have a team that works for me pretty much full-time. I keep them busy. They're not my employees. They're a subcontracting company because I don't want to get into paying them as employees. That's a whole other thing I don't want to get into. But I pretty much employed them all year long. So they work solely for me. So they're on my jobs Monday to Friday. They don't job hop. They're pretty much my employees. So that's how we're able to bang these houses out in 30, 45 days. So that was a quick flip for that one. It was a Facebook ad. Another one we found was just from a wholesaler kind of in the area. So we bought that property at 350. I put in 80,000 and we sold that for 550. And again, about 45 days. So it's about $50,000 profit on each one net. Right. And you probably don't have to worry about paying the um, commission <laughs> to sell the property. I just pay commission to the one realtor. Yeah. Just 2%. <laughs> so that, that helps for sure. 
Awesome. Sure. All right. So, so who's we? Are you doing JVs with, uh, with all these properties right now? Or is this you on your own? Or how does that work? Yeah. So I do JVs only on the buy and holds. When it comes to flipping, it's just hard money. So it's just me. I have a lot of hard money lenders kind of uh, lined up behind me waiting for me to find more deals. We have good friendships with those people. So it's great to flip those houses really quick. So whenever I call, get a flip, I just call my people up. Hey, I just bought a house. I need 350 next month. No problem, Matt. Done. I'm, I'm not dealing with banks. It's just investors that I know who are lending me the money. Yeah, that's awesome. And that, that's so key of having a steady flow because the ability of being able to buy the property, close the deal, that's the reputation that you're going to bring because you're, you're confident. First of all, you know your stuff. You're walking through the property, knowing where the numbers where you need to be. If that seller is coming back and negotiating with you, you're going to say, no, I know where my walkaway is. Exactly. Too bad. I'm on, I'm on to the next one. I, you have your systems built. Yeah. Go out and find that next one so that when you are ready, you know that number is, boom, you have that behind you. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to bring it back to, you know, you, you, had, you said you keep your trades busy for the whole year. Now, they don't work for you, but they're, yeah. but they're working for you. So that, that's a huge asset to have because, you know, obviously you, you were a carpenter. And I don't know if it's, Sarah, maybe you can chime in on this as well, too, with all the, the, the construction that you've done. The better the trade person. Now, this is a different situation that you're in, Matt, that you have all these jobs lined up for them. But the better the tradesperson, the harder it is for them to, you know, kind of be there on time and, and finish on time because, you know, they're, they're in demand. They're, they're finding other jobs. And you mentioned it. I like how you said the job hopping. They're yes. going out and finding that. So maybe for someone out there that doesn't have, you know, 15, 20 projects lined up for their tradespeople for the whole year, how, what's some ways to keep them incentivized to get the job done on time and on budget? Yeah, just treat them really well and pay them on time. Because you'll be surprised how many investors even don't pay their tradesmen on time. They'll wait a month, two months before they pay them. Just be super nice to them, pay them on time, and just be proactive and try and find them more jobs. I, that's the biggest thing. I know people are starting out. I was at that point too where I couldn't really keep them busy kind of all year long. Try and keep them steady or at least let them know that like, hey, I'm planning on buying more and more properties. Like, let's work together. And I expect you that when I find a property, you know, we can, you can get in there really quick and make it happen. So that's the big thing I can say to a beginner is just try and buy more deals. Like that's the whole reason why you're being an investor, right? Is to keep busy, make money, hopefully quit your job because maybe you like real estate more. Try and buy properties at least once every three months. It sounds crazy, especially if you're starting out, be like, oh, I got to buy a property once every three months. But it's not that hard. Trust me, if you're following the right systems and learning from everybody out there, right? There's a ton of great value out there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are there renos that you will not touch, like big foundation problems? Like, what do you find that yeah. gives you your best bang for your buck and the ones that you're like, oh, this is not worth it? Yeah, so again, I'm kind of a baby. <laughs> Even though I have a contracting background, if I walk into a property, I just did actually a couple of days ago, a wholesaler found a property and the garage was leaning kind of like this. I'm out of here. I'm not touching that stuff. If it's a big foundation crack, I'm out. I'm not touching. If I walk through and I'm kind of walking like this because the floors are tilted, I'm out of there. I don't want that. The biggest flips or all my flips are really just cosmetics. That's what I look for. Paint, floor, trim, kitchen, bathrooms, out. That's all I want to do. I don't want to get into structural stuff. It's not where you make the money. It's all the pretty stuff, the nice black tap, the marble backsplash. That's where I make the money. So I want to just do that. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. 
That's right. And Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely. And they've completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life, but when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. I have the same criteria as well, like as cosmetic as possible. Now, what about conversions? Are you doing any of those? Yeah, so we do a lot of conversions, probably about one a month right now for the past year, it seems like. Those are great because we can add a lot of value to them. Again, but still, I'm looking for cosmetic stuff. Just, you know, 1970s basements, <laughs> just ugly. That's, that's all I want. I don't want big, major structural stuff. But we're doing a lot of those as well on the buy and hold side. Yeah. And for listeners out there, this is so unique. And I'm super pumped because you have Matt Shape, you have Sarah Larby that have done so many of these projects. And they're telling you guys, keep it simple, right? Like, honestly, I think the more and more successful people that we see that come through our rooms, that have been on our podcasts, that have been on our webinars, that's what they're kind of saying is keeping it really simple, not going out there and reinventing the wheel. Now, that's a different strategy if you're gutting properties and, and you know, fixing foundation cracks and all that kind of stuff. We know the people, you know, the three of us on this call, we know the people that are going to do that. That's who maybe we would call and say, hey, are you interested in this kind of deal? But really keeping it simple and going in there and adding value where people are like, oh, that's a lot of work or that's too much to do is really adding that value and sharing that. That's really, it's going to get you on that path to success and get you there quicker. Um, all right, so let's, let's kind of change gears just a little bit. So there's something I've been watching on your, on your social media that you call it more, more than money Mondays, right? Yeah. I want you to tell the, our listeners a little bit more about that because I love that concept because we always struggle with balancing life and we're always busy in our crazy lives. And like you're saying, you have to buy a deal every three months. Well, that means you're probably looking at hundreds, right? Yeah. To get down to that one every three months and then having a good flow. But talk to our listeners a little bit about how, what you started uh, incorporating this year. Yeah, so the more than money thing is kind of like bringing my hippie side out of me. So like I'm kind of a big hippie zen guy, trying to be. But for the past like 10 years since I started this, I've just been grinding, 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 working 12, 15 hours a day. When I first started off, I was writing books, making videos just to get my brand and my brand out there, I guess. So I just worked way too hard. And now I'm at a point in my life where, you know, we have income, we have options of how to live our life. So I've started to bring this thing in my business where I don't work on Mondays or I try really hard not to. It doesn't always work, but I try to limit the amount of work on Mondays. I just kind of hang out. So for example, like in our basement to make this really happen, I built like a whole spa bathroom with like a steam sauna for the eucalyptus steam saunas, a dry sauna. It's like pretty intense. And it's just for me to hang out on Mondays, do yoga, meditate, try to like, like I'm saying, it's, I'm still working on it, but uh, that's kind of the direction I want to go is that there's, it's more than just money when it comes to this business. Money is easy. I've seen it's easy once you get all the knowledge and the systems in place. Now it's time to start actually living, which is like why we travel so much, why we take Mondays off. It's just, for me, I want the whole package. I want everything. So I want the business, I want the money, I want the zenness of life and just being happy, right? That's what this is all about, just being happy. So one step at a time, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I like that concept too. And I think we, so I hired Oliver Manalise as my coach to help me. And I think he's uh, been helping you as well. Cause I'm seeing that you guys are doing a, like a little type of um, getaway yeah. for people. Tell us about that. Yeah. So that's like uh, a more than money retreat. Missing what I'm saying on steroids <laughs> for three days for 12 attendees. Right now it's set for May 25th at 26th and 27th. However, with what's going on right now, it's probably going to be postponed to September, but it will happen. So basically, we're just going to teach people how to make money, which would be me. I'll be teaching how to build a business, how to do marketing, et cetera, build your brand. And then Oliver will be teaching about how to do yoga, how to do meditation, how to take care of yourself and build your, build your life more. So I can't wait. It's just three days of that. We got a nutritionist on site. We'll be making all of our food. We have fresh pressed juices. It's all about health, well-being, and building your business for three straight days with 12 highly motivated entrepreneurs. So super excited about that. Yeah, that's incredible. So unique, so different than what most are out there where, you know, the, the systems, they are important. The knowledge is very important, right? That's get that's what gets you there. But you yeah. have to start thinking about that balance and putting that in early on. And you got to grind and you got to go and do it. And there's no replacement for the work. Yes. But then ultimately, like you said, it's getting to the point of happy and, and it changes. I'm sure when you first started, you know, as a, uh, as a carpenter, you had a goal of, oh, what's going to make me happy? Oh, I'm going to do so much carpentry work for a week. And then as you start learning and gaining more, those things change. And as they continue to change, you have to be in tune to see what's going to, what's going to make you happy on that daily basis, because it doesn't matter what we're doing, whether it's real estate investing or making baskets, right? If it's making you happy, you have to make sure that you're, you're maintaining that and that constantly changes. So, all right. So I got a couple of like a couple of quick fire round questions for, yeah. for, for you guys. And, and well, especially for Matt and Sarah, I want you to chime in too. Cause again, I'm embarking on this new burr strategy and I'm at my property every day. Luckily it's like a four minute walk from my house. Nice. So, so that it's good and bad, but I'm constantly walking through and I'm like, Oh, now the drywall mud is dry or the, the mud is dry. Okay. Yeah. good. Now it's done. Every little thing. So somebody like me, that's a pure rookie into doing this conversion onto this, this construction. What are some things that like, we're halfway through the job, but what are some things that you should really consider once you're walking into what into a duplex conversion? Where are the pitfalls? Where are, where you lose money? Where are you, you know, help me out. <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, the biggest thing is contractors. So I always say that on all my videos, you have to find the right contractor because you can have everything right in place. You bought the right property, et cetera. But if you have a bad contractor that's job hopping, which is my number one most hated thing with contractors, or they're just awful at their job, it's going to ruin the whole thing. Even though you did everything right, that bad contractor can ruin everything. So it's really about finding a good person. And then the easiest way to find somebody is just to ask other investors in your area, who are they using? Or going back if you are working with the right realtor who helped you buy that property i already have the whole team in my area in kitchener right i know exactly who i need you to use so you don't make these mistakes so again it's just taking advantage of your team find the right people that's the most important thing because if you don't know anything about construction or not too much if you're hiring the right contractor they can take care of the whole project from start to finish they'll know exactly what to do how to schedule it so it's all about finding that right person right at the beginning yeah, I have to second that as well. Like I've had experiences where I've hired the wrong people and I've done so much more babysitting and time wasting. Yes. Projects took three to four weeks extra, 10 grand more than it was supposed to be. And then I think the other thing is, are you going to self-contract or are you going to contract it out as well? Because if you self-contract, you, you probably are going to save a little bit of money, but you know, in the time piece, you're probably going to be spending a lot more time. So weigh the two, I've done both. I definitely 
prefer to hire a contractor, but there are some projects that don't make sense based on the lift that you're going to get or, or the reno amounts that you cannot spend in certain properties that you might have you might have to self-contract. So it depends on the property. The team is, is really important. And then don't change things midway through, right? So like, just know what you want to do, stick to it, don't make changes. And then I also see people over renovating for certain types of properties a lot. Figure out what the maximum ARV you're going to get for that house in that area and the maximum rent, and then do that. Not more, you're not living in it. If you're living in it, it's a different situation, but if you're not living in it, renovate to rent, renovate for your strategy, renovate for the area, the neighborhood. Don't overkill it because you won't be able to get that money back. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Great advice from both you guys. And I feel so fortunate talking to both you guys about, about this, this kind of stuff. And so say on a project, where, where is your money? Where is the bulk of your budget spent? Matt, let's, let's start with you, Matt. When, when, you're, when you're going like, you know, obviously kitchens and bathrooms and living rooms and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then you have major stuff. But if you're like, let's just say you need everything fixed in this house. Yeah. Where should you really focus or the bulk of your budget be spent on to, to get that maximum ARV after the project? Yeah. So just as you said, and I'm sure most people know, kitchens and bathrooms is where most of your money goes. So make those look really nice. And like Sarah said, don't over renovate. So for example, when I'm doing my rental properties, there's a whole renovation system that I have. Every single material. Most things are actually ordered online, like Amazon. I get all my lights from Amazon, Costco. So like super cheap stuff, right? So the rentals have a whole renovation system. I never deviate from it. The flips have a whole different renovation system. They're similar, but instead of like a subway tile backsplash, I'm doing a marble backsplash, etc. And every single house gets the exact same look, all of them. It keeps things easier for me. And like you said, with having contractor issues and not being able to see what the house is going to look like, if you have an exact system that you do every single time, once your contractor does one or two of them, they're going to know how to do the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, and seventh without you having to go as much. So like when I started out, I had my contractor and I didn't have a project manager yet, which I do now because we have so many on the go. They were on their own. Like they started a job, they knew which wall was going to be the blue accent wall. They knew which color was going to be on the walls. They knew exactly which floor to order, which base force to order. I didn't have to go hardly ever. I show up at the beginning, tell them this is what I'm going to do. I show up at the end, it was done. Here's your check. That's pretty much how easy it was when I was doing one or two at a time on the go. Now that we have three, four, five, six on the go, I have a project manager, but the same thing. She's going around and making sure everything's on track. But every house looks the exact same. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I would say is on top of the kitchen and bathrooms, labor is the next most or probably even more so expensive, but yeah. a lot of people don't think about it. So sometimes you can actually separate it. Like, so I'll, I'll separate the materials and the labor as two separate things on the contractor's quote so that I know where everything's coming from. But labor is a big cost that regardless, like I'm not handy, I'm not going to do it myself and I'm going to pay somebody to do it and I want to make sure that they do it right. Um, but that is a, is a cost to, to consider. And if you're, if you're also using hard money and your project takes a long time, <laughs> the holding costs might go up as well. Yeah. I love it. That, that is awesome advice. And yeah, especially when you're using borrowed money to do those renovations, time, time is definitely of an issue. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's a great, uh, great, great, great tips. I think we've reached the point of the podcast that it's time for our lightning round. So Matt, you ready for the lightning round? Let's, let's try it, man. Let's try it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation. I just wanted to take a quick moment here. It is Sarah Larby and I'm here with Laurel Simmons and we have some really exciting news for you. And we heard you, we heard your emails and we are going to be bringing you Right Club Nation online, coast to coast, accessible at any time of day 
and you can be in your pajamas like I am right now and you can access our great contents. And what is going to be that content, Laurel? Well, we have videos, recordings of live events that we've held. We have webinars. We have, we'll have our podcast information up there. We'll have uh, forums and chat groups and all kinds of things. You'll even be able to find services and products that you need in your neighborhood, local for you, because we know how important it is that you have your local team with you. We're going to be rolling things out very quickly. And as we start, you'll see more and more stuff come along and we really want you to join and become part of our online community. Absolutely. This is the first, and in my opinion, it was going to be the best Canadian online community of real estate investors and like-minded individuals. So guys, come and grow with us, join our online community, register, and come and say hi and check out the amazing things. Yeah. And all you have to do is go to therightclub.com and you'll find us there. It's easy to register. It's free and hop on. We can't wait to see you there. Guys, come and grow with us. And now back to the show. First answer that comes to mind. Number one, what is the best advice that you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Hands down, it'd be Don Campbell. And it was keep it simple and boring. That's the biggest thing I took from when I first attended real estate meetings was keep it boring. Don't make it fun. If real estate is fun, it's a problem. I mean, you can enjoy it, but you shouldn't really be out there looking for fun. Go skydiving, go traveling. That's fun. Your business is super, super, super boring. And I've lived by that and it's served me well so far. So is, is it fun for you when you develop something new? Like you said, you're over 35 of these projects now. Mm-hmm. Is it fun when you put something new in a process? Say like when you were at five or 10 properties, you're like, yeah. now all of them are going to be done like this because you found a new part, right? That's got to be a little bit fun. Come it on. is like the whole thing is kind of fun. And I like when I get the checks, that's fun. But I'm not really going out there looking for a fun property. Like example, for the foundation cracks, like, oh, this is going to be fun to solve. No. I just want to buy the cosmetic stuff, paint floor trim. It's boring. My contractors are like, Matt, another one of these? You're damn right, another one of those. Boring, boring, boring. That's why I like it. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So, you know, you've done a whole bunch of these. You've been doing it for a while. Number two question of the lightning round. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? Ooh. Honestly, just great clubs. And not to sound like I'm biased here, but the right club is honestly one of the best clubs in all of Ontario that I've been to. So. 100%. That's where the best people are. There's so much much knowledge there. It's a great resource. Awesome. Thanks for that. Number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? Uh, Just disgustingly obsessed with real estate and success. So like I I said, I'm trying to pull back on it and, and do the more than money Mondays. But honestly, you need to be obsessed if you really want success. Everybody that I know personally, you guys included, I consider at that level, you're obsessed with your business. You're obsessed with success and living a great life. And I think that's honestly what it takes. And a lot of people don't talk about that because they kind of like shame it. Like, Oh, we shouldn't be working hard or anything like that. You you really have to, especially at the beginning when you're building this, you have to work incredibly hard and 90% of people aren't willing to do it. They're just not. Yeah. And it's so true. And for those of you that maybe have never heard about Matt until this podcast and you came across him and you're going to go and follow him on Instagram and, and, and follow all that, everything looks so amazing. It looks so simple. And he's walking through those properties and you edit those videos so great and it looks really easy. But what you don't see is, you know, there's that picture of that iceberg, right? And all we're seeing from Matt and from the social media is that tip of the iceberg of all the success and the great things that are coming, but all the work that's put behind it and the time, effort, sweat, tears, 
ripped up drawings and paperwork, all that kind of stuff. You, you have to be. And if you're not obsessed about that, then it's not going to work. It doesn't just come to you. So great, great point. And definitely, definitely obsessed. That's uh, one thing yeah. we can tell. We, every conversation, you can tell the passion in your voice that you have about it. So the last question of the lightning round, it's a Sunday morning right now that we're recording this, but on a typical Sunday morning, what are you doing? What are you up to? Kind of chilling a little bit, getting ready for the More Than Money Monday. It's kind of like a half day off, but I'm still working on the weekends. Obviously, I'm a realtor. A lot of clients want to see stuff on the weekends, but I'm looking at properties. I'm looking at deals. I'm seeing what's going on, but uh, lighter than a normal Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, et cetera. But I'm still working, man. Still working. <laughs> awesome. Matt, where can the Right Club Nation reach out and learn more about you? You can find me on Instagram, uh, at Matt Cliche, or my YouTube channel, The Fruitful Investor. You just Google The Fruitful Investor. I'm sure you'll find me. You'll see all my videos. Those are the best places to find me and learn about my story and kind of what I'm doing. Definitely get on that. It's one of the channels that I like enjoying and watching go through. And, and honestly, it's like you have like a professional production team that works <laughs> for you because like the slow-mo and all that kind yeah. of stuff is really, really good. And uh, any last words of advice or anything that you want to share with, uh, with the Right Club Nation today, Matt? The biggest thing I can say if you want to have success in real estate is to focus and specialize. I say it all the time on my channel. If you follow me, you're probably bored of me saying that, but it's the most important thing and a lot of people don't do it. Specialize in one area and specialize in one type of real estate, at least for now, at the beginning while you're building your business. A lot of people I see are buying deals in Barrie, Ontario. Then they're going down to Hamilton. Then they're going down to St. Catharines. Then they're going up to Thunder Bay. I'm not all about that. You're just creating chaos. For me, right, as an example, to see how strict I am, I only buy deals in Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge. That's it. If somebody has a deal, hey, Matt, I got this great deal in London. I got this great deal in Guelph, which is like 20 minutes away. Nope, not interested. Kitchener, Waterloo only. That's kind of my rules. And it served me really well and kept my business really, really tight. That's just kind of a tip that I use for myself. Awesome. I love it. Focus and specialize 100%. This is what I preach as well. And uh, do it until you become the expert before you go into something different. So on that note, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show, providing some great knowledge, great insight. It was a pleasure having you on. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. What an awesome podcast with Matt. And, you know, he's just so well-versed. And the way that he just talks about what he's doing, it just becomes second nature, right? Going in there, buying the property, finding it. He's a carpenter, a realtor, an investor, doing flips, doing the conversion, the buy and holds, the burst strategy, right? So awesome, awesome wealth of knowledge. Um, Sarah, what are some things that you, maybe you took from the interview that you can like say, yeah, hey, yeah, that, that's, that's really great. I like his Mondays where he has a spa day in his basement. And, and you know, this whole thing, makes me realize more and more that I need to slow down. And, you know, Matt even mentioned how he's got this whole basement with like saunas and like eucalyptus rooms. I'm like, this the whole real estate thing is great, but it's for what it allows you to do. Yeah. And just having a whole day for him to be able to do that. I mean, this is, uh, this is something that after this whole COVID, you know, stuff is over with, um, I want to start applying. It might not be on a Monday, and, uh, you know, but maybe even just a half day of just saying, I'm just going to do nothing but spa stuff or, you know, things to relax and do something more for me where I literally book absolutely no meetings. 
It's so important. You have to recharge the batteries, right? We're going sometimes burning both ends of the candles, trying to find deals, working with investors, dealing with tenants, finding off market deals, looking into new strategies, reading all that kind of stuff. We have to find the time to really recharge ourselves. You know, it's something that I've done, you know, since we've kind of been in this isolation mode is I, I now I'm going out for a walk every day, right? Probably for about an hour or so going out for a walk, really clearing my head, leaving my cell phone at home, really just connecting and just walking and, and not really thinking about anything else. And it starts with that a little bit at a time. I know we have so many things going on our minds and so many problems and issues and good things as well too that are happening. But yeah, I, I really like that. He takes that, that time to, for himself and it allows him to recharge. Really, really great advice. Really amazing podcast. Matt's an awesome guy. I've known him for a bit. He's been coming out to the right club at our live events. We hope to, to, to work with him a little bit more and have have more of his expertise on display in our right club community where, you know, definitely check out, get online, uh, start interacting with our fellow investors out there, see what other people are doing, get some tips, tricks, and advice from, from the people that are actually doing that. And uh, yeah, Sarah, I, I love enjoying, uh, I love recording and enjoy recording the podcast every single week. I get to learn something new from our guests, from you, and, and just talk about what's going on out there. It's, it's really a blessing. And, and thank you so much. I know we haven't seen each other because of this isolation a little bit, but this is really a gift that we can kind of share with, with the Right Club Nation of, of yeah, of we're not alone out there. Maybe we're alone in our houses, but we're not alone out there. The community is big and, and have your voice heard. Share that with us. Absolutely. And I would say if you guys have new strategies or new processes, procedures that you're implementing moving forward because of all this, whether it's as a landlord, as an investor, can you share that with us? And we'd love to even put Please. together some of the best tips out there. Maybe we do a podcast episode on some of the best tips received from you guys for moving forward in times like these. What are you doing to prepare? What are you changing in your screening processes? It could be anything um, about the business. So feel free to let us know. And, uh, and it actually would be pretty cool once we get some of these to uh, read them out and make a podcast around it. That's a fantastic idea. Look out for that. That's definitely going to happen. I love that. Awesome. Right Club Nation, come grow with us. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.